Well, hello, and welcome to this episode of the EMJ Health Podcast. My name is Sue Saville, former medical correspondent at Britain's ITV News, now an independent health journalist. And today I'm pleased to be bringing you a discussion sponsored by Sanofi on RSV, the true infant burden behind the disease. An important topic because most episodes of respiratory syncytial virus occur in children under two years old. Most hospitalizations of infants that have RSV virus occur in previously healthy children without any underlying condition. So what then is the true burden of the disease in infants? Well, to help us understand more, I am delighted to welcome Dr. Joao Neves, a pediatrician and associate professor at Nova Medical School in Lisbon, Portugal, who has a PhD in immunology, also head of the paediatrics department at the Hospital Daluge in Lisbon. Dr. Neves, welcome. Thank you very much. Nice to be here, Sue. Well, that's great. So firstly, would you just let's start at basics. Explain then what sort of virus is RSV and, and how potentially dangerous can it be for infants? Yes, again, thank you for the opportunity to be here. It's, uh, I'm very delighted to be here uh, because this is indeed a very important topic. RSV is, um, is one of the biggest threats to our, to our kids and uh, it's been around for decades and now we are very pleased to know a lot about this virus. RSV is an ancient virus. It belongs to a family that is Paramyxoviridae virus. It's one of the most complex viruses in that family. It has 10 genes that code encoding for 11 proteins. Two of them are the most important. It's important to talk about them a little bit because they're important for the, for the prophylactic measures that are the G protein, the glycoprotein from surface glycoprotein, and then the fusion protein. Um, and it uh, is transmitted very easily by droplets, by the inhalation of uh, respiratory droplets, and then by self-inoculation after touching contaminated fomites. So it's uh, very easy to be transmitted from person to person. And uh, it does cause, um, in the older children, it causes the common cold, and it's a, a very mild disease. And then in young children, it usually raises the, the question, the, the disease, it causes the diseases of bronchiolitis in young, in young infants, uh, which is probably the most important cause of hospitalization in, in kids under the age of 12 months. Yeah. And is it then just uh, the infants who have a particular vulnerability to this, or could it be also otherwise healthy infants, those who are born at term and have no other condition? Uh, are they also at risk? Yeah, we, we should divide this into groups. We have one group, which are the children with underlying, underlying medical condition, conditions, such as heart conditions, pulmonary, chronic pulmonary diseases, and preterm uh, infants. Those infants, we know for sure that if they encounter RSV, they will have a very severe disease and they can have it not only in the first 12 months of life, but they can have it longer for, for a longer time, sometimes up until the age of three years or something like that. So in that group, that is the classic risk group that we all know about. Uh, but that's a very, very small margin of the kids that get a severe diseases. I would say that around 90% of infants that get that have a moderate to severe disease and that are hospitalized, they are 
normal without underlying medical conditions, born at term with no risk factors uh, for this disease. Then, how? what's the problem? The problem is prob uh, two major problems that are related with this, which are the um, anatomic features of these kids, because uh, they are small, so their respiratory tract is narrow, so it gets very easily obstructed by the inflammation of RSV. And the other problem is the immunologic system, which is very immature. And then if we have time, we can talk a little bit about um, the response, immune, immune response to RSV, which is one of the major concerns. So kids under two, almost every kid under two is infected by RSV at least one time. More than 90% of kids under the age of two are infected and about 80% under the age of 12 months are infected. So in these kids, there is a not neglect, neglectable uh, percentage of them that are going to be hospitalized, especially below the age of 12 months. Uh, in that age group, if below the age of 12 months, we could divide further in below the age of six months and between six to 12 months. Between six to 12 months, they usually get bronchiolitis. And when they get bronchiolitis, they can be, they can have a mild disease or moderate disease, and they are hospitalized mostly for, uh, for the need of oxygen therapy. Below the age of six months, it is a, it has a very very burden of, burden of disease, and, and the, I would say that a very important percentage of these kids are going to be hospitalized because they will have feeding difficulties, feeding problems, and they will need uh, they will have a respiratory disease leading to oxygen dependence uh, that will render them susceptible to the, to, to the need of uh, mechanical ventilation, either invasive or non-invasive. And, and as you say, though, those enormous figures that so many, the vast proportion, the majority, will come into contact with this infection. And as you describe then the different impacts, what would you say then for, for the healthcare systems, the inpatient and the outpatient presenting with these? It must be an enormous burden on healthcare systems across Europe, across the world. Yeah, it is. Uh, so as we talked before, most kids will get infected. The problem is that they get infected and then they can get reinfected either in the same RSV season uh, because they don't get durable and um enough protection from the immune system so they get in the same season even with with the same virus they can get reinfected and then they can get they are reinfected throughout life uh, uh, many times so the major problem is indeed the primal infection the first time they they get contact with the virus but that means that um, we have more than 25 million infections per year worldwide about one third of those um, are episodes of low respiratory, respiratory tract infections. Three million episodes, uh, admissions to the hospital, uh, hospitalizations, Mo about half of those below the age of six months. And still, uh, in our days, we have around one, 100,000 deaths worldwide. So. It does cause an impressive um, burden of disease. And we know that almost all deaths, around 98% of all deaths occur in low and middle income countries. But still, uh, for instance, more or less 80 kids die in the UK per year, more or less every year. So 
uh, it's still a very important uh, burden of disease. And it's interesting you mentioned the word seasonal there. Um, of course, we might think of RSV as being a seasonal infection, um, perhaps just mm-hmm. a risk in the winter months. But um, it did, of course, dip during COVID when everybody was so protected from infections. And then it came back in the summer 2021. So what then are the implications of this for you as, as clinicians? Yeah, um, in temperate countries, in countries with uh, temperate climates, uh, it is a, indeed a very seasonal virus. Normally, it, come, it occurs from October to March every year. Uh, then in the um, tropical countries, it's, it doesn't behave like that. It does have uh, a circulation all year round with normally a peak in the late uh, summer. But for here in Europe, it is very seasonal. And then it was very surprising to see what happened during COVID because um, uh, we were all, we as pediatricians, we were very concerned about what was going to happen to our kids. And then surprisingly, COVID was a very mild disease to our kids, luckily. So most kids with COVID had a very mild disease or completely asymptomatic. And then all the, as you mentioned, all the, um, non-pharmacological measures that we had to prevent COVID, like wearing masks, learning how to sneeze, uh, avoiding uh, um, places with uh, lots of people, that helped reducing the circulation of all respiratory virus. And then, this is not completely proven, but I do believe that it was also uh, important. COVID was a new virus and it did occupy the niche uh, of uh, all the other respiratory virus. So they just disappeared and they disappeared for, we didn't have respiratory virus, we didn't have RSV, we didn't have flu, we didn't have per-influenza. So they just vanished and we didn't have respiratory virus for 2020, in 2020, in 2021 for the first semester. And then around May, June, we had the first peak of RSV. Uh, in summer, so we were pretty surprised by that. And then it persisted up until uh, the autumn. And then in October, we had a major peak of RSV, uh, pretty similar to the pre-pandemic years. And then in 2022, we just continued to circulate from January to June. We had again a new peak, a smaller peak in uh, in June. And then we had a a, cat- a catastrophic picture in October, November with a, a major peak of RSV um, ER visits and hospitalizations. So that was even bigger than the pre-pandemic um, period. So it was indeed a change in the epidemiology of the virus. And what we saw was not only a change in the epidemiology, but also a change in the behavior of the virus, because we then had kids that were aged three, one, two, three, and even four-year-olds that hadn't had a contact with RSV before. So we had more severe disease in this age group, kids aged two and three hospitalized for the primary infection of RSV. So um, a more severe disease in these older kids. And then... And this differs a little bit from country to country, but our experience here was that kids under three months 
had a very severe disease. Um, we had more kids being hospitalized. We had more kids needing uh, ventilatory support, mostly non-invasive support, but also invasive mechanical ventilation. And probably that's related to the fact that their, their mothers weren't infected by RSV during pregnancy, so they didn't mount an antibody response, so they didn't pass antibodies to their kids, rendered them susceptible to a more severe disease, even more severe disease, I would say, in this age group. As I underlined before, this wasn't the same in every country, in, even in Portugal, for example, where, where I come from, uh, different cities have different behavior, but that's our... We have to see the global data later this year, I would say, but that's my impression. So uh, what's going to happen next? Uh, uh, we can't say for sure. Uh, I believe that we're going to return to the pre-pandemic seasonal uh, behavior of the virus, but uh, hopefully in next year we'll have that. But who knows? We are here to see. Gosh, well, thank you so much. You've given such amazing insights and that overview, as well as the, the depth of detail about the burden of RSV in, in infants. And to, to understand that has been so, so helpful. So, uh, Dr. Joel Neves, thank you so, so much for contributing and for giving us that overview. It's been lovely talking to you. Same to you. Thank you very much. And to everybody listening, thank you very much to our audience. Uh, if you've enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, EMJ Reviews releases a new episode every Friday, and there are plenty of bonus episodes like this one. So until next time, thank you for listening. Thank you again to our guest today. Bye for now. Thank you very much.